Gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jewish man, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jewish people do not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his children and his flocks drank from it? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. And the woman said to Jesus, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and call back, come back. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying that you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to Jesus, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jewish people. But the hour is coming and now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for such worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, Here I am, the one speaking to you. Just then his disciples came, and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her jar, her water jar, and went back to the city. And she said to the people, Come and see someone who told me everything that I have ever done. Can this be the Messiah? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat, have they? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will and accomplish the work of the one who sent me. Do not say, For months now, then come, four months now, then comes the harvest. But I tell you, 
Look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything that I had ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and Jesus stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this truly is the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It's been quite a week, hasn't it? People have used words like exhausting, frustrating, overwhelming to describe what they're feeling this week due to the rapidly spreading coronavirus, an information that seems to change every day. One email after another about what to do, who's most at risk, where it's okay to gather or not. Communities across the United States are shutting down. Schools are closing, grocery stores are emptied, businesses are struggling, hourly and gig workers' paychecks are being slashed. And all of us are being asked to practice social distancing for the good of the whole, to stay home, even from church. Something that I never imagined saying as a pastor. Don't come to church. A Facebook post was shared that reminded me that in times like this, when it feels like everything we know and love is being canceled or taken away from us, that we are called to remember that conversations will not be canceled. Relationships will not be canceled. Songs, reading, self-care will not be canceled. Love and hope will not be canceled. May we lean into the good stuff that remains. May we lean into God now. Lean into the good stuff that remains. And wash your hands. If we've learned nothing else these past few weeks, we've certainly leaned into proper hand hygiene, haven't we? I've never washed my hands so much. And I work part-time in a hospital. My hands are dry and cracked, my nails are brittle and breaking from the alcohol-based sanitizer, and so much soap. My hands are thirsty for moisture, moisture that will seep deep into my pores. Have you ever been that thirsty? Parched? 
longing for water that was nowhere to be found? I have. Last Sunday, as my family walked along the lakefront on that beautiful spring day, I was so thirsty, I couldn't even swallow normally. I had to keep doing this so that I could actually swallow and have enough saliva in my mouth. All I could think about was getting a sip of water to quench my thirst. Water fountains were everywhere, but they weren't turned on yet. And as I walked along, I imagined these water fountains, modern-day wells in some ways, springing up with the flow of a bell curve of water. Today's gospel story about a woman at a well is more than a story about thirsting for water. She was thirsty, I think, for love and connection. She's alone at the well, which is odd because water wells were social places, not just some place to get water. It's a place where announcements of impending births happened, where marriages were arranged, where people fell in love. And yet, she is alone at noon in the worst heat of the day when no one else is expected to be there. She practices a different kind of social distancing than what's expected of us now to keep each other safe. Hers is a self-imposed social distancing because she's learned over the years that she was the disease, that something was wrong with her, that she needed to stay away from others. And so she comes to the well by herself so that she can just get her work done and go home in peace. But Jesus meets her at the well and quenches her thirst for love and connection. Jesus engages with her. He speaks to her. He listens to her and sees her as more than just her label. She leans into the very presence of God and her life is transformed. I imagine that many of us can identify with this woman at the well, thirsting for love and connection, while at the same time pushing people away and keeping our distance. I'm thankful to Pastor Tim Brown, who posted his sermon early so that I could reflect with it and um, think about what the social distancing means. He said, I cannot tell you how many people I know who have taken down their social media profiles after a divorce because they just didn't want to be public anymore. I cannot tell you how many people have, after something embarrassing, stopped calling their friends or changed their social patterns or even moved because they didn't want the questions or the strange looks or that feeling of shame to come over them anymore. Shame causes social distancing. Depression causes social distancing. Relapse causes social distancing. Divorce causes social distancing. Coming out, terminal illness, abusive relationships, the list goes on and on. You see, we all have our own reasons to show up alone at the well in the heat of the day. Jesus meets us right where we're at. And there's no hiding or social distancing from the Holy One. There's no stigma that keeps God away. There's nothing that we can do, past, present, or future, that can keep us from God. Lean in. 
like the Samaritan woman who delights in the presence of the one who knows everything about her and loves her anyway. Lean in to compassion. Lean in to mercy. Lean in to acceptance and connection and beauty and transformation. The Samaritan woman leaves that well transformed, inspired to share the good news that there is more to God than worshiping in the right spot. And in our case, there's more to God than worshiping in the familiar church building. She shares the good news that God might just be bigger than they thought, big enough to hold Jews and Samaritans, Gentiles and Romans, Lutherans and nuns, Baptists, Catholics, Muslims, Buddhists, black and white, native and immigrant, even Democrat, Republican, or somewhere in between. She proclaims to anyone who will listen, come, meet someone who has told me everything I have ever done, because the only thing that defines her now is the love of God that she's seen in Jesus. Following her lead, even in a time of community social distancing, we can show God's expansive love for others. How will you proclaim the love of God that you've seen in Jesus? Church gatherings may be canceled for a bit, but we can still be part of the restorative work of connecting with and loving one another so that no one need be isolated during this time of confusion and frustration and uncertainty.